You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 430. 430. <laughs> I get a bit of a pause once in a while when I say stuff like that. So this is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Benetti. Gosh, we're on our way there, eh? 450 would be kind of cool. Every time I think it's going to be, you know, that, and then 500 would be wild. 500. Can we get there by summer? Let's see. We can just keep ripping out yeah. episodes every day. No. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, it seems to be every two weeks. So I'm going to have to update this. Actually, I'm going to update my schedule right now because it seems much more. Have a great week. Remember, yeah. Every two weeks. There we go. I, everyone listening, I'm finally updating it to every two weeks simply because that just seems to be how it works. And, uh, I've got to be honest with myself, and we don't have reruns, I don't think, running every week, but uh, yeah, there we go. Well, we have lots to share today. It's, uh, it's been, quite a, it's been you know, a couple of weeks since we had our show, and um, lots of good stuff happening. The first one I really enjoy, uh, enjoyed finding out about, and that is uh, SMX Advanced. It's one of my favorite uh, conferences. I've actually, Scott and I have gone to one, I took them one year, and uh, I've gone to many. That's actually where I got to hang out, hang out with John Carcutt a lot and um, rest in peace, my friend. But uh, I used to go and hang out with him on those conferences. It's one of the few we got to hang out at. And they were always a blast in Seattle. Anyway, they're now making it free. So now you can go to marketinglandevents.com. That's marketinglandevents.com forward slash SMX forward slash advanced. And uh, sign up and enjoy a free conference. And they are I hope I'm not jinxing it, uh, but it's always been amazing, excellent, and it is it is designed for people who already have some SEO skill. So no, it's not particularly 
targeted for our audience, but I know a great number of you are SEOs, um, or at the very least have a, a decent grasp of it. So I think you'll, you'll find it very interesting. At the very least, uh, it might open some, some new trains of thought, uh, even if uh, you find it a little overwhelming at times. You don't have to go to all of them anyway. There's lots one, of tracks. One thing I wonder about it is uh, last year was really good, but of course it was paid. Um, but I wonder if being free, what the bandwidth is going to be like, because they're going to have a lot more people in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it, are there systems going to be able to account for or this bandwidth that's going to just boost it? So hopefully that goes smoothly. I'm sure they've considered that. I, they must. I don't know how they wouldn't, but it'll be interesting for sure. You know, best laid plans. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Next up is the article, best times to post on social media in 2022. These are all our non-SEO news. So what's going on here? Yeah. So this is just a little bit of some interesting intelligence here if you run a social media campaign. So there was an article over at Search Engine Journal. I think it was Matt Southern that posted it. And it's about a study at SproutSocial.com. So both of those links will be in the show notes. And, and maybe I'll post them over to Facebook as well. Uh, anyways, they, Sprout Social, can't even say it today, looked at more than 30,000 accounts to find out when the best times to post to your social media accounts are. And uh, the first one I found kind of interesting. Well, first, I'll, I'll say that Sunday is the worst and midweek mornings are generally the best. So there's your, your main takeaway. Midweek mornings are when you should be posting. But if you want to get specific, the, the article at Search Engine Journal really dives in. But generally, Facebook, uh, Monday to Friday at 3 a.m. So you might want to schedule those posts. Um, I was a bit surprised to see it be so early, but that's what they found. This is uh, Eastern time? It was, oh, sorry. It was uh, Central Standard Time, CST. Ah. So... But I guess that would depend, though, like how effective this would be based on your target mar uh, audience, but maybe mm -hmm. not. Generalized. Um, yes, but, you know, probably 3 a.m. your local time might be, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Instagram, uh, Mondays at 11 in the morning. Uh, Twitter, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Don't know what happened to Thursday at 9 a.m. And LinkedIn, Tuesdays between 10 and noon. So... <laughs> It's, you know, it's not what I would have expected. You know, the, the general rule that weekday mornings are good makes sense to me. But to see something so specific as, a, you know, Tuesdays at 10, what is it that makes that the best? I don't know. I, I read the Matt Southern article, but I did not read the official study. So there might be a lot more information on the study about why that time in particular is good. But um, yeah, schedule your posts around social if you're going into it. Um, can't hurt, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the skeptic in me, I haven't read it, but the skeptic in me just wonders if this is just a great way to get some extra press. Um, because obviously this has to be generalized, um, but it is nice to have some intel. And I know that this is something they've done. Well, I'm not sure. Well, they, actually, Sprout Social probably has done this every year, but I know I see this kind of information every year at least. So uh, right, we'll take what we can get. So uh, one of the articles I saw on Search Engine Journal today was why would optimizing existing content cause rankings to drop? And I thought it was interesting because I know it's a question we get occasionally. Well, more often a, ur a urgent issue we get regularly. And um, in this case, I'll just give you a little update on what the situation was. Um, this person started working at a startup. Uh, the blog, I'm just... Uh, cutting this back a bit, 
uh, it's Cole's notes of this fairly long qu question. The blogs were horrible, uh, had uh, only had 20 blogs that were converting uh, to try their software, wanted to do some minimum optimizations, corrected the H titles, made sure each post had a meta description and checked that any images had an alt attribute or tag, he called it. So for some reason, they found that they, uh, their rankings dropped from uh, number nine to number 55 for some of their top queries. And that's freaking them out. And I get it. That's a good reason to be freaked out. Uh, immediately, the first thing that comes to our mind, I think, is uh, fairly seasoned SEOs, to put it mildly, is that uh, the stuff takes time. And that's the first thing they mentioned also in the article. Uh, fluctuations are normal during a reassessment. If you change this kind of content, especially if you do it site-wide, Google's going to take a little bit to decide what's going on. Uh, hopefully, it'll shake out into a, a positive ranking uh, push, but maybe not. And that's when we start digging into some of the other stuff. Next, meta descriptions. Those won't affect your rankings. They just help with click-throughs when you do have a rank. Alt attributes. Generally, if you do those right, and it's pretty hard not to, unless you're keyword stuffing, uh, that's going to be a boon. It's going to help. It's going to add some more context to the images on your website. So when Google looks at the images and tries to determine what they're about, it looks at the text attached to it, it's going to know that this is what it's about. And that should help. Where the question sort of lies is what did they mean by optimizing the heading tags, or in this case, uh, rewriting the HTML heading tags? Uh, and in this article uh, written by, I'll go back here and see if I can find that. It is Miranda Miller, who always does great writing. Um, she brings up things such as keyword stuffing. You know, what did you do when you made these changes? Did you stuff well, perhaps the alt attribute, but definitely did you stuff the HTML or the uh, heading tag? Did you alter the relevance somehow? Perhaps you thought that if they were already gaining a ranking in this one area, that you could add another ranking to it as well to try and multi-purpose the page. Generally, that's possible. But if you were trying to improve it, I would focus on that improvement first and then start to diversify your targeting. Um, when she reviewed the site, obviously we don't have access to the site, so we can't personally mention anything, but um, I'll pass along her tips. She, when she reviewed the site, she said that some of the content seemed to be updated, uh, outdated. So 2020 needs to be updated to show that to Google that you are trying to keep a fresh website. So she suggested that. She didn't see any internal linking. So improve that. That's something we always recommend as well. It's just a part of all beneficial optimizations is ensuring that you have internal linking throughout your site. It creates uh, excellent flow between uh, relevant information throughout your site and it passes the page rank. And, and it's just a wonderful way to connect pieces of site together that are relevant. And for readers, it's really helpful too. Get you get around the site and you understand where you are and you can learn more things about a particular service or product. Uh, also improve the writing quality. She noted that a lot of it was had spelling issues. She suggested using Grammarly. That's something I use. Um, and uh, Hemingway was the other one she suggested, she suggested that I haven't used. And ultimately, test, 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 test. Try these things, see how they go, and prioritize um, your changes. 
so it's a very brief analysis or brief outline of what she mentioned in this article. Again, the, the topic is, or the title is, why would optimizing existing content cause rankings to drop? I do suggest to read, it was good. And uh, I think it gives a few great reminders, which I tried to summarize for you. What, what's up next here, Scott? Uh, yeah, so we talked a bit about Google Analytics 4 and how everyone's going to be forced to use it. A little bit of good news coming out of Search Engine Land and from Google that there is now a tool available to help migrate your You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com existing goals from your universal analytics into GA4. So if you're, you know, you started setting up GA4 and you're struggling, how do I get my old goals and all this stuff in? Well, now there's a tool to help you do that. Uh, it allows you to quickly recreate eligible goals from your connected UA property in your GA4 property. So it, it sounds pretty simple to do. I haven't tried it yet, but I definitely will be. Uh, the tool can be accessed from your GA4 settings screen in the setup assistant tab under the conversion section. So it does sound like it might just be a couple clicks and, uh, and you're good to go. So I, I actually just sent this link to Nathan, our analytics guy, and uh, that might make his life a bit better because I know he's not loving this switch over and, uh, I, he may have already figured out how to do this his own way. But, uh, if not, if he hasn't figured that out yet, this should make his life and a lot of people's lives a lot easier. So we can hope we still are going to lose all our data from history. That's not moving the data over. It's just moving over goals. I am waiting. I'm anticipating someone out, some savvy developer out there is inventing some way to take that data and make it useful that past data, because you will be able to down, download it when everything is done, all of your GA3 data. So let's hope, 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 hope. And because um, that is a huge uh, commercial opportunity for someone out there that knows how to do this stuff. So hopefully that will happen. Uh, Google really should be doing this, but I know that G Google Analytics 4 is a fundamental um, rewrite of the whole concept of analytics. So I think it would be difficult to port it in but we should not have lost that information. So let's hope. Very cool. Any kind of help is good. Let's just hope it's uh, not so well, like typical things, clear as mud with Google. All right, uh, Google tests what people are saying, search results. So um, this is just something that's seen in the wild. In this case, uh, someone was searching for Mexican baby names and I thought I'd look it up myself and got totally uh, detoured. Oh my God, the cutest stuff there. Lots of cute babies. 
uh, never been into that, but you know, once you have your own, you're, you just get sucked in again. <laughs> Are you but, trying to tell us something? Is there a new baby Ross on the way? Hells no. <laughs> okay. No. Just, just checking. That's, you never yeah. know, right? Yeah. If you could see my face. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know how you see on the page sometimes, uh, what other, uh, what is it? What others? Let me look here. Uh, related searches, uh, what people also ask, that kind of stuff. Well, this is a new segment that that was added in this one example. Someone thankfully screenshotted, which says what people are saying and what it is are links to different forums, uh, which I think is pretty cool. I don't know if this is going to roll out at some point, but if it does, uh, this will give any work you've been doing in places like Reddit, uh, or in this case, whattoexpect.com uh, or babycenter.com, um, that if you are active in those communities, this is a one an additional way that you can actually get a little uh, exposure from it. So we'll see. I think it could add a lot of uh, noise too, if it's not done right. So I imagine that's why they're testing it. Now, uh, quite a while back, Google launched Google Site Kit, which was a, a plugin for WordPress that allowed you to integrate uh, console data, analytics data, a whole number of different pieces of the Google uh, Analytics chain into your WordPress uh, dashboard. Very cool. Uh, it's a nice way to use it, and uh, at least theoretically. Now, I know, <laughs> Scott, what's your experience with it? Not good. No, <laughs> I, I set it up on one of my personal websites and all the settings have a little green check mark that says Google Analytics has been integrated. I think there's a word they use. Google Search Console has been integrated. All this stuff, it looks like it should be perfect. And then you go to look at the data and it's just all errors, all kinds of errors. Doesn't, doesn't work. If you click on Google Search Console to see that specifically, it's just gray. Uh, unless they put, you know, I never thought to select all, maybe they've got like gray text on gray background, you know, it might be <laughs> they're like, this guy's an SEO, let's mess with him. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I, it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. I don't know. I, 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 I suppose I could troubleshoot it and dive in and try to figure it out. And I, I guess I'm too busy to worry about it. So I haven't actually done that yet. But uh, right now they're add, and, and adding a new area, a new component called question hub, which actually we can't use anyway because we're in Canada. Um, <laughs> so that must be really exciting for you. I, it's a lot of motivation right there to get it working. <laughs> I'm going to get it working so I can't use this new feature. All right. Now, the good news is for our uh, significant uh, American listeners, uh, listener base, it is Google did just add um, the United States, English that is, uh, recently to uh, Google Question Hub so you can get that data. Um, at this point, though, it is limited to India, Hindi and English, Indonesia, Bahasa and Indonesian, and Nigeria, English. Uh, so unless you're in those areas, including the United States, um, this addition really isn't going to be of any help. But the cool thing about this, this question hub, um, for those who don't know what it is, I had to refresh my memory myself because obviously we can't use it, um, is it gives you some perspective of what people are searching for so that when you're trying to determine what to write about on your website, you can actually see what questions are still out there that have, well, I guess it says what content hasn't got decent answers yet. That part, I don't know. I, I haven't been able to see it, uh, but I think it's a pretty valuable addition. And, and I do look forward to giving it a try myself when 
We're at it someday. Someday. Poor Canadians. 20, uh, 2024, maybe. Yes. All right. Featured snippets. What's this on? Yeah, I don't know anymore. Um, yeah, so Google <laughs> is testing some new featured snippets here. I'm just going to open the link so I can actually talk about it with some uh, smarts here. Um, so a couple of things are testing. One is called From the Web, which takes a brief snippet followed by a link to the website. And it appears to be about three snippets from three sites. So uh, we, you know, what we're kind of used to seeing are those larger paragraph featured snippets where this is, uh, you know, just a little bit smaller. The the example they use on search engine land was for the search express VPN review. So if you're in the US, do that search and you might see this. I could not replicate it myself. And they just show a, a couple sentences or a sentence for each and a link to uh, like PC Mag, for instance, an excellent VPN service, boasting a massive blah, blah, blah. And just like an extra little featured snippet that we haven't seen. Um, another one that they've come out with is uh, uh, Other Sites Say, which appears below <laughs> the usual paragraph style snippet. So, you know, you normally get that paragraph. It's two or three sentences with a proper link. And then this is a bit smaller nested below. There'll be... It, almost like bullet points that contribute to it. So the example they used were, was benefits of carrots. And the featured snippet has a few sentences about carrots. And then the other site say section are basically bullet points taken from different websites. One says uh, they help keep blood sugar levels under control and that's it and the more link. Uh, so you can you know learn a bit more on Google without going to these websites, but then you can of course dive in a bit more. So. If you're one of these websites that uh, ends up in these snippets, that's fantastic. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. It's just a test right now. I don't know how widespread it really is, but uh, it always mixes things up a bit when they do this sort of thing. Yeah, hell, this keeps up. We're going to have to have a whole section of our show called tests. <laughs> yeah, <we're... laughs> there usually is enough of them going on, but uh, maybe we should do it. There's... We might need to. <laughs> yeah, really should. All right. Uh, Google Search Console notices for removing intrusive interstitials. Guess as I like the sound of this. What's this all about? Yeah, so now, so intrusive interstitials have been bad for a while now. I think they had the update maybe five or six years ago, 2016, I think. Pause, uh, remember, or remind everyone what those are. Okay, so an interstitial is, it's essentially kind of like a pop-up. It's it, you know, you're going and you're loading your page and this big thing pops up in front of you, covers your whole screen and you have to do something. Usually you can just X out of it. That's all I it's ever do. Painful. Oh, it's so bad, especially on mobile. So bad on mobile because you try to click that little X so you can see whatever the content is you're mm. reading. Typically news sites, they're like notoriously bad for it. Um, and you try to click the little X, but of course it's not mobile friendly. The X is so tiny. So you go to click it, but you click... Uh, one click buy now. So now you've ordered a thing, not quite, but you know, it's always something bad that you end up clicking. Um, if you've got those on your website, that's bad. Uh, Google will penalize you, or at least when it first came out, it was considered a penalty. It's probably just a bit of a demotion. I don't think it's a full scale ban ever, but now Google is sending out notices within Google search console. So um, I'm kind of surprised they weren't doing this before, but this is good. So hopefully these offending websites that have this problem that don't know they have it, they don't know it's bad, are going to get these messages and maybe fix it. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I have a few websites I frequent and it drives me insane. And I still go to these websites because they have stuff I need. So hopefully they get the hint. What I find kind of ironic, um, although they aren't technically interstitials, they are just about as annoying to me. Uh, Google ads within content, uh, 
my God, AdSense, in other words, um, you'll see content appear, you're reading it in this article, and then you'll see the ad. And then what seems to happen, and I don't understand how, but the ad actually tends to cover some of the content. And you can't read it, you can't X out of it, because you exit, it goes, why are you leaving this? What's wrong with this ad? So it actually doesn't remove, and <laughs> you can't yeah. see the content. It, it just changes it. So it's actually Google's actually causing a lot of the issues themselves. Uh, uh, I don't bother telling them about it. They got to know by now. There's louder people out there than me, but it's just frustrating. I, 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 I find it really, really silly that Google themselves are perpetuating this issue. Uh, of course, in the name of money, why not? But it's, it's still very frustrating. Absolutely right. it is. Well, before we get into the Mueller files, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Fenack. Right. Mueller Files, good old John. We've got to get him back on again soon. Uh, it's always great to have him on the show. Uh, SEO best practices for alt text or alt yeah. attributes. That's, that's a per, almost a segue from the last one's a little late, but <laughs> <laughs> it is a little late, but that's okay. Um, this is, you know, I saw this mentioned and it's kind of perfect for the 101 crowd. So, you know, if you're new to SEO, you might find this helpful. So I figured let's throw it in here. Uh, John had a question from some guy or person, I don't know who, and I don't know what platform it was on, but he got a question. And the question was, Google said there's a maximum of 16 words that you can use for your alt text. And the question is, does Google read the rest of the alt text? And what does that mean for usability? Uh, which I found interesting because I've never seen Google say there were 16 word limits in alt text, but John covers that. He says, I think the important part here is we don't have any guidelines with regards to how long your alt text can be. So from a Google search point of view, you can put a lot of things in the alt text for an image if that's relevant for that particular image, uh, which is true, of course. Uh, John does go on to say that if you have a picture of a beach, you could say, oh, this is a beach. Or you could also say this is a beach in front of our hotel, or this is a beach that we took a photo of when we were doing a chemical cleanup. That's a very specific example, I should wow. say. <laughs> you know, I guess John was recently doing a chemical cleanup on a beach. Yeah. Um, but yeah. his point is that the kind of those kinds of intents are very different, and people would be searching in different ways in Google. And 
you know, so having more information there will help your content show up under those contexts. So if someone's doing a search for chemical cleanup on a beach, which I'm guessing isn't a lot of search volume behind that one, but maybe then your picture will show up. And if that's what you were actually doing, you should probably include that. Um, as a general rule of thumb, I tend to keep image alt attributes at about six words as a maximum. Uh, of course, even as John says, there's really no limit. You can go as long as you want, but I feel like if you go too long, you start to lose the relevance of what you're trying to convey. So uh, I like to keep it around six words. Um, I don't really have a character limit, but, you know, probably, you know, 30, 40 words or sorry, 30, 40 characters at most, generally speaking, but just keep it relevant. So there we go. Just a hmm. quick little John tip, basically. Great. A very detailed one. <laughs> a, a detailed quick tip about chemical yes. cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into one of the questions. We had one from Cameron. Um, Cameron is asking why uh, Lighthouse... Oh, here, I'll read his, his question here. Um, For a while, I've been using Lighthouse to measure performance. Uh, I'll pause there and just say to the listeners that Lighthouse is a measuring uh, technology that Google uses to measure the performance of web pages in terms of load speed, core web vitals, all these things. Um, all stuff we talked about in prior shows. All right, back to the quote. This week, after making performance optimizations, I saw my site's Lighthouse performance score degrade by 50%. Yet when I tested on GT metrics, Catchpoint, Pingdom, all of these showed huge improvements. So I ended up keeping the configuration changes despite Lighthouse suggesting performance has deteriorated a ton. He shares a screenshot of the changes and we'll post that on the, uh, uh, the show notes. It says, I generally want to optimize for all things Google, but based on actual stats, especially improvements to LCP, that's, um, uh, what is that again, Scott? Latent. Uh, oh, uh, uh, last contentful paint. Last LCP? contentful paint, right, right, thank you. I always get that wrong. Okay, I, I chose to not listen to Google Lighthouse. Any thoughts? All right, so I do have thoughts on this. I don't know how 100% accurate it is because the whole thing frustrates the piss out of me. I just can't stand it. We actually chose to stick to GT metrics for our clients because Lighthouse was driving me batty. Now, I will base this uh, suggestion, though, based on some uh, good data. Now, I went to GT metrics, uh, actually went online and searched for, you know, why are there such differences? And GT metrics has a great article. Um, why is my GT, pet perf GT metrics performance score different from PageSpeed Insights, web page test, and web.dev? And they get into quite a detailed explanation of what the differences are. And what I found revealing here is that Lighthouse has to sort of test sites based on generic data. Um, whereas with GT metrics, you can specify uh, the, you know, a mobile view. You can specify the speed in which uh, the person is accessing the website. Uh, like you can make sure that they're accessing it using dial-up if you want <laughs> to see how fast your page loads um, and really get more granular with the information you get. I like that. And I think that actually adds more value. Whereas with Lighthouse, again, it's generalizing it. If I go to some of the hardware differences that are noted on this page, uh, for PageSpeed Insights, essentially the same concept, 
unknown hardware specifications, applies CPU throttling for mobile or desktop results, likely similar CPU or memory resources as web.dev for mobile tests only. Um, again, I'm reading this from the article from GT Metrics. Again, for test locations, PageSpeed Insights likely launches its test from one of four locations, whereas with GT Metrics, I'm just choosing to use that because that's what we use. You can specify the main, the, the main locations you want to go from. So if you're closer to, say, Dallas, you can use their Dallas server. Uh, this is good, especially for local businesses. Um, if you are, let's say you're in Dallas, well, this is phenomenal. This will give you a better idea of how well you load for your primary market, which in this case might be, or, or, or in this case is, local. 100% local. You don't care if no one can, if your site loads slowly out of Seattle. That's not where your business is. So I love that you can specify that within GT Metrics. And we do have a paid account there. I, I do recommend it. No, I'm not. They're not sponsoring us or anything. It just happens to be one of our favorite tools. Um, for connection speeds, PageSpeed Insights uses simulated throttling. It emulates a slow 4G connection. Uh, whereas, again, I like to go with uh, 3G connections or something slower. Again, why not? If I can get a good ranking or a good paid speed result from GT Metrics for a site that um, is loading on a slow, slow, slow connection, well, great. That's even better. Um, last of all, uh, real browser versus headless or emulated browser. This is a little technical, but you know what kind of browser are they using? Well, in GT Metrics, I can specify it. I can say I want them to test it in Chrome. I want them to test it in Safari, whatever it may be. Whereas PageSpeed Insights uses an emulated browser, a mobile and then a desktop. Uh, you can't change the screen resolution. You can't change the type of phone being used or anything like that. You know, it's free. It's basic. Uh, and just gives you some concept of how things are looking. So I don't disagree with you, Cameron. I would stick to GT Metrics. If you go through this entire article from GT Metrics, though, even they suggest testing it on different platforms. I think that's a, a very quick way to insanity, but <laughs> because <laughs> you change one, and as you noticed, another one goes down. Uh, it's insane. I, I just we had to put our foot down and say, we're using one system and this system's great. It, you know, we do have to work our buns off to make sure that we get a good ranking in GT metrics and your site is doing well. Good. Let's move on. And really everyone has to remember that this page speed, you know, core web vitals, all this stuff is not a great massive factor on how well your site ranks. It is a, uh, tiebreaker, we call it. If you had everything else was created equal with your competitor, you had all the same uh, benefits, you had just as many links, your site was just as well optimized. If one of them happened to have a faster page speed, perhaps it would move ahead of yours. And that's not even guaranteed, but that is essentially it. Think of it as a tiebreaker that way. It is so minuscule. Don't get obsessed with it. Too many people are. So just go with something that works for you, like GT metrics that you can be very you still very uh, conscientious to use it and, and settings and, you know, really get it done right. And uh, you're, you're going to be set. So don't worry about it. Uh, and I think you're doing the right thing there, Cameron. <laughs> very long-winded, but that's what I'd say. I, I would follow up with that and just say to anyone, 
if you haven't listened to the Martin Split interview we had several weeks back now, yes. Martin does basically reiterate a lot of, or I guess Ross is kind of reiterating a lot of what Martin said in that interview. Uh, he did talk a lot about Lighthouse and, and you know, how you can use it kind of as a guide, essentially. You know, it's not the end-all be-all. Don't stress about it. Um, but if you're interested in that, go to that episode. I think it was episode uh, 426 I've got it on my screen there we go and yeah. and zip forward I think it was about halfway through the podcast a little bit past halfway and and listen to that part of it and uh, that'll help it will yeah it's nice to hear from Google's mouth uh, pardon me Martin <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway it's it's a good thing to hear from them directly and uh, even he roundabout suggested that yeah it is difficult so uh, just don't go too far with this and, and don't be obsessed. It, it's not worth it. All right. What's next year? Yeah. So there was a question posted to Facebook by Jacqueline to our SEO 101 group asking about Google Analytics 4. And at the same day, there was somebody asking a question. It was actually more of a joke about GA4 uh, being a ranking factor. And I thought, well, let's throw just a couple little Google Analytics 4 questions that I've seen flying around there and, and just mention them real quick here. So the one that was on search engine roundtable, uh, John was jokingly asked if implementing Google Analytics 4 could be a ranking factor. And of course, John replied, that's not going to happen. And for most people, most of you probably know that whether or not you use Google Analytics will have no impact on rankings. But it made me think, you know, I bet there are a lot of people that still think that it does because I know when Google Analytics was brand new, a lot of SEOs thought we got to install this because it's going to matter. Your rankings are going to matter. And of course it was irrelevant, but you know, you, when Google enrolls some, um, uh, rolls out something new, the first reaction is we need to do it to keep Google happy. Maybe there's some hidden agenda or there, you know, some conspiracy here. Well, there isn't. And <laughs> Uh, well, I don't think there is. Um, I guess if there is, we just don't know about it. So no, Google Analytics 4 will not be a ranking factor. Um, and then Jacqueline had also posted, she had asked, uh, uh, will Google start charging for Google Analytics 4? And I've never really seen a lot of people ask about if it will be a paid service. And and I had replied to her in, in the Facebook group, and I said, I doubt they'll ever start charging for it. I've seen no indications that GA4 will be a paid service, and I would be surprised if they ever did. Uh, but then, of course, that said, Google does like to surprise us. So, uh, But realistically, I don't ever anticipate GA4 being paid. Uh, but I, I guess it could happen someday, but I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't expect it to ever actually happen. And yeah, then and you don't have to be stuck to Google Analytics either. There are alternatives out there, but you will have to pay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just it, right? <laughs> and if Google does decide to charge, it might still be the cheapest option. You might, and, and I guess that could sort of that worry could stem from things like uh, uh, cloud storage, where you know it was free and now it's not that sort of thing. So you know, get, let's get everybody hooked on it, and then we're going to ding them for it. Uh, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't hold my breath. The only thing uh, I can see them doing is perhaps um, using more of the data on anon anonymously. They don't want to get in too much trouble, but I could see that happening in the future. But oh, I don't really care. I think that'd be e interesting. Evil side thought: Google could just come up with a, a ninety-nine dollar fee for the ability to import all your old Google Analytics data <laughs> into GA four. Can you imagine how everybody would pay it? Every single person would pay it and they'd all be angry and they would all do it. Yeah. PR nightmare, but they would do it. 
I would do it. Um, and then the, the last question, and I've actually seen this question come up quite a bit before too, and, and that's, does Google use Google Analytics data for ranking purposes? And this is, over the years, has been brought up a lot. Uh, John Mueller last confirmed that I could find in 2020 that they do not use it. And I could see why there would be speculation they might, because they want a good user experience. And what better way to help verify that users are having a good experience by seeing that data and tracking them within analytics are they making the purchase how many pages are they viewing how long are they hanging out for i mean they could totally verify all of that using that data but i don't well they've said they don't do it i don't think they do it and i don't think they ever would do it but they, they almost should <laughs> <laughs> there's some good data there you know They're you should be able to target. opt in opt in to use my data for for search rankings i don't know but so there you go was, a little bit of there some sort of opt-in i can't remember I don't know. I've seen so many things for so many years that allows you to opt into generalized. Uh, oh, for product improvement. Industry ranking. I think it's industry rank. I can't remember. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not a big deal. And uh, I think they've got a few too many uh, eyes in, on them to do anything that stupid, uh, you know, that it would, that would really hurt anyone. So. All right. Well, uh, you know, we have a little bit left there. We're going to move over to the next show. I think yeah. uh, we've got filled this in quite nicely. I hope everyone enjoyed it. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Venak, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show, nights, show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. We'd love to have you and uh, we work hard to keep it very accurate. So uh, check it out. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. Have a great week, and remember to, to tune into future episodes, which air every two weeks on <laughs> WMR.fm. Great. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you again. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.